Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. In today's episode, we are joined by Hannah, tuning in all the way from the US as she shares her two unique birthing experiences. Choosing the path of motherhood was a spontaneous decision that immersed Hannah in the journey of pregnancy, evoking a deep appreciation for the miracle of growing life within. Hannah's deep desire for a healing journey to redefine her family's lineage gained clarity when she witnessed women in circle sharing their empowering birth stories. Inspired, she made the intentional choice to birth at home where she would be undisturbed. As labor unfolded, Hannah embraced intuitive movement and sound, creating a birthing rhythm with her son, a practice she holds dear as a potent and healing tool. From the anticipation of watching her partner fill the outdoor tub sitting on the hillside of their property to the serene moment of raising her son into his new world, she walks us through the intricate details of her transformation from maiden to mother. Taking a thoughtful pause between births for personal growth and nourishment, Hannah approached her second pregnancy with a seasoned perspective. At 38 weeks, sensing the subtle signs of surges, she initially shrugged them off, presuming they would subside. Despite denial, she wisely adjusted her plans, including cancelling a mother's blessing the next day. This decision proved serendipitous as she welcomed her second son at the magical hour of 2.22 on the very same day. Join us as Hannah reflects on the contrasting experiences of her two birds, guiding us through the nuanced details that shaped her story and unveils the intriguing thread connecting her journey to the presence of hawks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for joining us today all the way from the US. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. To start off today's episode, could you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Sure. I live in North Carolina in the Appalachia Mountains. Uh, we're renovating a home here. We have a creek right out our 
backyard and out our front yard. And it's winter here now. The, all the um, trees are losing their leaves. So that's where I am. And I'm currently sitting right where I most recently gave birth um, in my house. So it's <laughs> so a little setting of where I currently am. Yeah. And then in my family, I have my partner, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And we have two sons. I have a five-year-old and then a three-month-old son. Uh, and a little bit about me. I hmm, That's such a big question. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd say at this point in my life, in this season, at the forefront is mother. I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. And really finding my... Uh, I feel like I'm finally finding my footing in that role of not just like a mother to my children, but the mother of our family Mm. and what that means. I also do somatic uh, work, somatic like trauma healing and somatic movement work with women through groups and one-on-one, but definitely taking more of a step back from that right now with the little one here. And, yeah, I feel like that sums it up (laughs) for now. Beautiful. Thanks. So were your pregnancies planned conceptions? Uh, The first one was kind of. It was (laughs) (laughs) kind of a plan, um, but also more spontaneous of a plan. Okay. Did you know you were pregnant? Could you intuitively feel it or was it like a skip cycle? No, I knew I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, I knew I would be pregnant and I knew that I was pregnant. It was just more of like a spontaneous choice. Yeah. Um, like, let's have a baby kind of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then did it happen quite quickly? Yeah. <laughs> so that was, so there's a lot of big, big learning curve there. We kind of just threw ourselves in. And then the second one was, yes, very intentionally planned and um, thought about for much more time than the first one. Yeah, amazing. Okay, well, could you take us through that first pregnancy? How were you feeling? Sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. My first pregnancy. So six years ago, uh, I it was a rough pregnancy physically, and we lived at that time very rural, um, with like off grid rural. So just no- everyday life was a little bit difficult you know or more difficult than our than our um you know everyday culture than most people's lives um, in in modernized culture and so that added some elements to it Uh, but oh yeah I was very sick all throughout the pregnancy very tired and otherwise like on every other level I loved being pregnant uh, I really felt just the the magic of pregnancy, this in-between space. It's it's such a it's such a powerful experience, right, to be carrying life and just to have this kind of open um doorway or this like deeper connection just into the human experience, into the experience of life. I felt very attuned in that way and yeah, really did enjoy it. Even when I was puking, (laughs) (laughs) 
ovaries. And so at that <laughs> point of your life, what was your perception mm. of birth? My perception of birth at that point was that I had, I felt this, this mission to heal the stories I grew up with mm. uh, in my line of my birth, of my sister's birth. I really, really felt this desire to heal my lineage in that way mm. and learn to trust birth, have the experience of trusting birth. So I was still unwinding a lot at the time, but I knew I wanted a natural birth. I knew I wanted a home birth. I toyed with the idea of a birth center, a considered a midwife and it, even though I think deep down I always knew that I just wanted to birth at home unassisted or with a midwife or a woman that I felt really really uh, connected with felt really at home with mm -hmm. which I did try to seek out through the birth center and through the midwives and I was, I quickly realized that there wasn't space for them to have this like deep connection with me okay. in their life or in their practice. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So when you mentioned wanting to heal the story of your lineage, could you share more on the birth stories of both you and your sister? Mm -hmm. My sister, my older sister, um, my mom just had the two of us, and my sister's birth was the one that was told much more often. Mm -hmm. And the story as it went was my sister was too big. My mom um, had, you know, wasn't able to have her, like failure to progress, and she was just too big and like wouldn't come out. Mm. And so the typical story. <laughs> yeah, the typical story. My mom's very, very sensitive, um, very like attuned in these ways. And she it was at a hospital. And so, yeah, it seems like the standard clear story. Mm -hmm. And it turned into emergency C-section, right? My sister's heart rate was decreasing because I think they had put, I think she went to 41 weeks and they put her on Pitocin, I think. And... So yeah, emergency C-section and then and then it goes like the cord was around her neck and mm. you know, they took her away from my mom immediately. They handed her to my dad first or something, which totally pissed my mom off and she didn't get to see or touch her for some time. And then they had some trouble breastfeeding because they had given her a bottle in the hospital and it was just like this whole thing that, you know, was very, very upsetting to my mother, understandably. And so with me, she wanted the scheduled C-section. I don't even know if they offered V-backs at that time. I don't know. But she wanted a C-section. She wanted to know that I would be with her immediately and breastfed immediately and all of that. So she had some, like, control over my birth, which she... I think was kind of what she wanted and needed for her healing in this circumstance. Um, but yeah, so I grew up with that story. And I also always grew up watching this show that was here in the U.S. called Baby Story, I think. Okay. Which was like a 
it was like a reality show of birth of um of filming from inside the hospital of women's birth stories yeah so that was also intense but I loved watching it I loved like the stories of these babies and yeah so that was that was a lot of it um and so at what point did you realize that that's not true physiological birth? That's not really what it looks like. At what mm. point was that veil lifted for you? I think, let's see, when was it lifted for me? I started attending women's gatherings when I was 20. Yeah, and just starting to hear birth stories mm. uh, from women about their home births of some unassisted births and it just made sense I I remember just hearing some stories around a fire one night and just everything in my body was like yes that's how I'll have a baby like this Mm. is this just makes so much sense wow birth is an incredible event yeah it was like everything I had grown up with just kind of like melted away (laughs) in a way Mm. or yeah, some some sort of shift happened then. I love that. Yeah, I think I already was just in such a relation, deep relationship with my body through dance and through movement and just through living very very close to the earth. Yeah, and so it just made sense. So let's jump now to the end of your pregnancy. Those last few days leading up to labor, how were you feeling? Yeah. I continued to see midwives for prenatal care, though I I had chosen uh, to birth unassisted. At the beginning of my third trimester, I finally made that final choice so that we could prepare accordingly. And uh, I walked a lot. It was the summer where we lived in Northern California on this hilltop. It was so hot, like triple digits all summer long. Um, when Fahrenheit, so I don't even know what that would be in Celsius, but hot, I'll just say hot, (laughs) hot, hot and dry. And so, yeah, it was very, very hot. I walked a lot. Um, I, yeah, I had a very simple, simple life at the time and was feeling very good spiritually and in relationship to birth. I was still, um, physically not feeling incredible but it was also you know just my first time being pregnant it's so it's so strange to have a human grow inside of your body it is so such an experience so yeah my second pregnancy I was like oh I feel great like considering that I'm pregnant right I don't feel the most amazing I've ever felt but anyways so yeah what about fears? Any fears that came up? And was there any um, particular birth courses or resources that you found really useful? Yeah, I definitely had fears. I didn't do any education other than reading books. I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just loved learning about birth that way. And um, Were there any standout books that you could share? I loved this book called, let's see, I think it's called Unhindered Childbirth or Unhindered Birth. I think that's what it's called. And I really loved that book. Mm -hmm. And something that I read in that book 
uh, in relationship to fears was really helpful for me. She was speaking to, you know, the fear of losing your child. And she said something along the lines of like, you know, who's to say what a short life is? Like when people are like, oh, they live such a short life. She was saying something along the lines of, you know, every life is like a full, fully lived life, no matter the duration. And that was just so soothing to me to hear. I really loved that perception. Yeah, but that was a good book. And then I read Ina May's books, of course, and some other more traditional childbirth ed books mm-hmm. that I don't remember or, yeah. you know. <laughs> that didn't that didn't touch me as deeply yeah okay awesome so no birth education just books any strong yeah. fears that you had to work through that you could share with us mm. yeah I had some fears um nothing really like particular I definitely still had fears around the cord even though I knew from my education that it was actually fine to have the cord around the neck it's still felt like just something so deep in my subconscious um, ingrained from the story of my sister and otherwise no I think just maybe birth itself like will I be able to do this Mm. Um, how long will it be you know just a huge unknowns of what the journey of birth holds for each woman there was some just healthy fear (laughs) there I think yeah, totally. Yeah. So take us again to the end of that pregnancy. How are you feeling in those last few days? I felt great. Something really uh, unique that I got to do at the end of that pregnancy was go to a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Oh, wow. Uh, when I was 37 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so that was, yeah, really really powerful and brought up all of the brought up that um, subconscious fear of the cord around the neck in that in that time that I spent in silence and felt like I was really able to have some resolve there but then in those final days I had one of my best friends uh, there with us she was staying with us for a month so that she could be at the birth I really wanted her presence there and we were just spending the days together. It was such a sweet time. The three of us, my partner and Shay and I, would sit together every morning and meditate for like 20 minutes. I really tried to stay in that practice after going to that retreat. And we would all kind of speak our needs for that day, like what we all needed to get done and made sure that my needs were met and everybody was, you know, we're on the same page. Mm. And we just had, yeah, just such sweet final days together. Lots of walking. (laughs) And what were your first signs that labor was beginning? Mm. Something during the silent meditation, I kind of had this, this thought come through to, like make a drum for my son and kind of like sing him in to birth. And so I made a drum and I sat one day 
when I had some space and wrote this song and sang it a lot that day. And the next morning, my mucus plug came out. And so I knew I was close. I had some sensations that week leading up, but nothing consistent, you know, just a few a day kind of thing. So that day that the my mucus, I lost my mucus plug, I just nourished myself with a lot of food and knew that the time was coming. And to the next morning, I started to have sensations early in the morning. And then we sat together to meditate and they really came on then. And yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was time. Shay and Tyler left the room after we meditated and I just stayed in there and continued to have some contractions alone before I got up for breakfast. I'll try to harp too much on these, on all the sweet, sweet, small moments in it. You know, it's birth is so, yeah, and I'm, I'm so interested to hear how it comes out now because I really haven't told this story oh, wow. in a long time in years, many, many years. So I'm interested to see what, what arrives today from that story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I went over to our kitchen and I think I had some bone broth and sensations really started to kick in. And I had this idea, this <laughs> grand idea before I, when I was planning my birth, that I wanted to plant flowers in my early labor, thinking that I would have a long early labor. And so I sent Tyler, my partner, off to go get some flowers to plant from the like, uh, like hardware store, which is, was about 30 minutes away from us, and sent him off to go do that. And as soon as he turned his truck on, like as soon as he was driving away, I kind of realized that I, I didn't even actually realize that I was in full on labor, but like they were not early labor contractions anymore. <laughs> and I had some friends I wanted to notify that I was giving birth and I grabbed my phone and all I managed to text each of them was today's the day today's the day and I could like barely do it and I like threw my phone after I was done I just like threw it and never saw it again that day <laughs> and um went outside and started and tried to started to walk back to um our little cabin so we our kitchen was actually in a trailer that was separate of our little um tiny house that we lived in and so I made my way back over there I stopped at our chickens and was looking at the chickens having contractions and uh, just had this like funny moment. I've, I've realized through this birth, through my most recent birth and this, uh, this birth I'm sharing that I, humor is a huge coping mechanism for me. <laughs> I and I looked at the chickens, <laughs> I looked at the chickens and I was like, you bitches like you do this every day yeah. <laughs> you lay an egg <laughs> even though I know it's so different it was just like this silly thought that I had yeah and so I was like laughing inside having these contractions anyways made my way back over there and um 
my husband does carpentry, so he had like sawhorses out because he was still working on our little thing, and I was laboring on these sawhorses outside. They're at the perfect height to lean on. Then made my way inside, and Shay came to check on me, and it was like we were so attuned. I was in there laboring, and I just had the thought, like, Shay, I need you to come over here and put up curtains, please. Like, get the light out of this room. Um, and so she came over. She put, a like, a bed sheet on, a waterproof bed sheet, and she covered up the curtains. And I was having some back labor. So she put some, like, salve on my back. And then she left. And I labored. I think I was on all fours mostly during this time. And I had a stool that I used to get up into our bed that I was um, leaning over on with a pillow. I'm not sure how long I was there for. <laughs> Some time. Some time and just, you know, huge contractions roaring through, huge, like, low contractions. At some point I stood up, and then I ended up laboring, standing up for a long time. And I stayed in this one little corner of this room and just really you know, faced the wall, essentially, faced the corner and moved intuitively, moved however felt felt right, which was one of the biggest reasons why I chose an unassisted birth over the midwives is um, because I, yeah, I really didn't want anyone telling me how to, how to move, right, or really suggesting any kind of um, positions to me. And so... I was moving and grooving. It was a very, very, very like active movement involved birth, though I only stayed in this one corner. So there was like a lot of like jumping up and down and like shaking my butt and like doing everything I could to release those muscles, right? As they contract, just like wanting to to have some spaciousness and and expansion mm-hmm. within that in that contraction. And Shay came in at some point, again, perfect timing when I was needing something. She brought me some water with a straw, and she stayed in there with me and was like this incredible wallflower of a birth witness. I never never saw her because my back was to her, and she would, her hand would just kind of like come out and give me water when I asked for water. And then her hand would show up when I asked for like, toilet paper or tissue to like clean myself and that was just perfect and exactly what I wanted her energy just was matched with mine and matched with the room mm. and brought no interruption to me amazing yeah it was amazing she was so so wonderful and just was this her first time witnessing birth it was yep it was wow. her first time witnessing birth special and yes it was very very special for for all of us and yeah what happened then (laughs) (laughs) I was just very in it like I did not have like I said once I threw my phone onto that bed it was like I entered in like my head was in the game and it wasn't anywhere else I was just in the birth completely like giving myself to this birth 
And at, at that time of my life, I was also very just like kind of ethereal and living a bit in the clouds in general. So my birth very much uh, like mirrored that and came through in that way as well, where it's just this very, very expansive, very like in these upper realms or whatever you want to call it, just like very dreamy and um, connected in that way. Yeah. My most recent birth was, was different, which I'm excited to share the contrast. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I labored that way and then Tyler came home at some point. He was gone for a while, so he didn't realize that I was also going to be in labor very quickly. And he stopped and got a coffee. He was taking his time, doing his thing. <laughs> and, yeah. So he finally came home and <laughs> Shay updated him before he came in the room. And then he came in and stayed with me for a few minutes. He, Yeah, I labored against him for, I don't know, a couple contractions and he asked me if I wanted him to set up the tub, and I said, yes, this was not set up, okay? <laughs> we had an outdoor bathtub on our hillside, and he had not yet hooked up the hot water heater to it. Oh, and so <laughs> he was figuring this out for the next, like, hour, I think. I could see, when I would look out the window, I would see him, like, walking over to his, like, tool shed and, like, getting the parts that he needed and walking back and, like... <laughs> trying to get it hooked up and I'm just watching it happen <laughs> every time I kind of yeah looked up and then I entered transition I ended up back down on the floor with my face against like da back down on the stool my face into the pillow and I remember like drumming on the side of the of the stool it was like a wood stool I remember like beating on the side of it like drumming this like rhythm on the side and this birth was very yeah rhythmic my contractions like my my sounds which most births I'm sure are but I was like in this dance like really really in this rhythm in this dance and so I'd gone from this very active labor with these like big vocalizations and now I'm like down on the ground and I'm like drumming against this stool and my contractions or I'm sorry my vocalizations became um deep and like quiet and kind of like these like hums as I was just like humming and drumming and going in and out of that sleepy dreamy space of transition and I had the thought I'd really like to get in the tub right now <laughs> <laughs> and so I called out the window and I said can I get in the tub I think something like this and Tyler was like yep I just like it it just filled up like you can get in oh, right now perfect. and yeah it was perfect timing and so I had to go outside and walk down the hill to get in the tub which is what I did and I got in the tub and it's this big cast iron um, clawfoot tub which I loved I loved having the sturdiness of this tub to grab onto and and um yeah lean against and brace myself and so I was there in the tub and I yeah was now just really really in another 
really now in the other <laughs> realm is what it felt like. And I leaned against Tyler's son, like he was on the outside of the tub and just like squeezing his hand as contractions came through. But at this point they were now, um, there's no more space between the contractions and I had more time to rest against the tub and we had a few dogs and they were very much in my bubble. There was, we had a couple puppies at the time, giant puppies. <laughs> so I remember being, I remember being bothered by that. They got put away and I just had my one dog with me, Nala, who I'd had for, um, since I was 17 years old. So she was a, yeah, a very close, close pup to me. And, and she stayed close, which I really, um, enjoyed and appreciated. Then it was now, you know, 3.30, 3.30 in the afternoon. And I reached up and felt something <laughs> coming <laughs> and was like shocked, you know, just like this first time mom, this first time birth and this reality that there's something about to come through <laughs> into the world through me mm. somehow. And I didn't know. I was, like, kind of disoriented and, like I said, very dreamy. And, like, is this a head? What is this? And it's all squishy and weird and so different. Like, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> that squishy baby head is not, it's not just, like, clearly ahead for that first for me in this first time birth and um yeah I felt kind of scared I had this moment of like the first moment in this birth where I felt concerned I felt a little shocked um and didn't know if it was a head or a butt and felt worried and um I had a few big kind of pushes and then I was able to feel ears, and I realized it was a head. Um, but yeah, I remember just kind of thinking, like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. what happens next? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I um, just let my body push as it wanted to, and I braced myself on this tub and screamed, like, oh, it was so loud, just, like, how oh hi sweet boy <laughs> um, just like howling over the hillside we lived on top of a hill and the sun was shining right into my face and I just remember feeling so powerful and just feeling the power of birth and yeah just felt you know completely completely connected to god and to like all women ever and just like our entire humanity um as i yeah was bringing this baby forward wow. and he was coming like in and out of um like the top of my cervix like coming down a little bit and then going back in kind of thing and finally his head was through and i didn't I didn't know if he would just like slide out really fast and I didn't want him to hit the bathtub since it was a hard tub so I turned on to all fours and just 
talked, told my husband what to do. And like, I, I was the only one speaking and I was just completely in like authority in this moment of, okay, like keep him underwater. Like as he comes out, just hold him and, you know, just like telling Tyler what to do because he didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's what he did. He held him under the water and he slowly came out uh, but not, you know, I pushed for maybe a total of like 15 minutes or something like that from head to toes. And he kept him under the water. And I, I asked him, I said, okay, keep him under the water. I'm going to turn over. And he like passed him through me, through my legs. We kept him under the water the whole time because I wanted to lift him out. Yeah. So he passed him under my legs. I had him, I was holding him under the water and I looked up at um, Tyler and Shay and I said, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to meet him? <laughs> this was like the, yeah, I don't know why, but that's what I asked. Are you guys ready to meet this baby? And um, they were just looked at me like, yeah, like, come on, you know. And I brought him up out of the water. He started crying um, quite quickly, I think. When I look at the photos, I think it was maybe, yeah, he he was blue, you know, and turned pink within within two to four minutes, something like that, and um, was crying and just so tiny and so sweet. And the sun was on my back at this point. The, <laughs> I, <laughs> the wind started blowing too and we were under this oak tree and it was just, it was a warm day in October. And it was just magic. It just felt like magic. Wow. All of it. And I stayed there for some time and then realized that he must be getting cold being like in the water and the with the wind. And so I got out of the tub and walked up to the house. I felt very strong as I walked up. And we got cozy on the floor. There, I tried to birth the placenta. It wasn't coming. I could feel that it had detached off of my uterus, but it was just like sitting at the at the bottom of my uterus and wasn't coming. And I tried tugging on it. Um, that wasn't working. And I was also nervous. Like I, you know, again, first time giving birth, first time witnessing a birth, all the things just... Everything is so, so new. And I'm also, you know, exhausted and, and tired and whatnot. Yeah. But I rested and had food and nursed and all the things. And it still wasn't coming. And I hadn't peed for like, I don't know, the last maybe three hours of the birth, something like that. I had kept trying to pee, but I just couldn't. And I think it was because his head was already like, blo like blocking that from happening and I know that there are some like hormones that can um happen as well that kind of stop peeing at some point in the birth mm -hmm. and so I was still trying to go pee at this point and I couldn't I could not pee and I my bladder was so full and I don't know if you've ever had that but when you hold your pee for so long that it hurts and like you can't relax it's like it's like so contracted that you can't relax to let it happen mm -hmm. and so that was me 
and that was that was now I think the bladder my bladder was now like blocking perhaps my my placenta from coming out and the and koa was still attached my son was still attached to the placenta at that time Mm -hmm. and I started getting worried about it I was also just so uncomfortable and so we decided to pray through song and I just started to sing this little chant I just started to say like release release and we all sang it together for some time I don't know 10 minutes maybe probably less than that and a couple minutes later my prayers were answered spontaneously my nose got congested and I blew my nose and that gave enough force for the placenta to come out and um, birth the placenta into a bowl and then was a couple minutes later finally able to pee and it was the most amazing <laughs> pee of my life <laughs> it was incredible oh, I can feel that relief <laughs> oh my god because at that point it was like four hours um, postpartum like four hours since Ko had been born so it was a long time that I was holding that amount of pee (laughs) yeah so that was just you know I was so grateful and I knew that if had I been attended by anyone I would have been given a catheter Mm -hmm. and I was just so grateful (laughs) I was just so grateful and I was so committed to having that happen at home I had I definitely had the thoughts in my mind of like me walking into the emergency room with my baby still attached and my cord coming out like this crazy (laughs) woman um (laughs) coming to get a catheter and so yeah I'm just glad that that happened as it did and then we snuggled up together and then my friend Shay goes do you want to see the pictures I took and I was like what there's pictures and that is you know this beautiful photo of um Koa being born under the water in the bathtub and those photos ended up going viral on Instagram and um, yeah, it was just such a, such a, I had no idea those were taken. It was just on her phone, you know, spontaneously. And it was so cool to see that. And yeah. And that was that, that was his birth. Wow. So magical. (laughs) So what about your placenta? Did you do anything special with that? Yeah, we salted it pretty heavily and put herbs on it. Um, Shay also made some watercolor prints of it on some canvas and paper. And we kept it attached. We kept it attached overnight. And then we burned it in the morning. Um, Yeah, which was, it had dried quite significantly overnight and was very easy to burn and then yeah I ate some of it I buried some of it and yeah it was great amazing and so obviously you waited was it five is there a five-year gap so four years five-year gap yep so we did four years beautiful Mm -hmm. um and so take us to that conception was there was that a conscious choice to have a decent um amount of time (laughs) between them Yes. Yes. Yeah. We want to, we, because as I said, we spontaneously were like, let's have a baby together. Um, <laughs> we had a, a lot to figure out. 
for both like, you know, within ourselves, with each other, and just our life in general. So, um, yeah, we, yeah, so by the time we were conceiving Emmett, our life was just so different. Um, and yeah, everything, everything was different. Okay. How was that pregnancy mm-hmm. experience for you? Great. Yeah, physically really great. I spent also those four years with a lot of nourishing foods, a lot of healing my gut and just trying to, yeah, like replenish myself and nourish myself as much as as possible and doing some cleansing and and all kinds of things in those four years. So I think that that definitely helped and just our life being so much more stable our relationship being more stable, everything. So that all, I think, contributed as well. Yeah. And, yeah, when we conceived Emmett, um, I feel like I, I knew that it had happened, and I did confirm it with the pregnancy test. My cycles were kind of strange, and so, not strange, but I, I couldn't ever really quite tell where I was ovulating, Um so I took a pregnancy test just because I wanted to have a more accurate like date of what was going on. <laughs> and yeah, physically, the pregnancy was great. I was so pleasantly surprised by first trimester being much more enjoyable. Like, like I said earlier, it's like, it's not like I felt the most incredible I'd ever felt in my life. But I was like, for being pregnant, I feel really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any morning sickness? Yes, I had very like seldom um, morning sickness. I had some like insomnia in the first trimester. I definitely spent a lot of nights on my couch watching Netflix in the middle of the <laughs> night and <laughs> and eating milk and cookies and just like Amazing. yeah, <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it did. And so with this mm-hmm. birth, obviously, you know, four years has passed. Did you feel the need to read any more books or did, were you just completely confident in your ability because of your first experience? Yeah, I didn't read anything. I didn't listen to anything um, birth related. Yeah, I, and I didn't have any prenatal care this time. So I was just like living my life <laughs> as a normally would and was carrying a baby and just I felt like um, I felt like I was able to um, give more like language to the pregnancy experience and you know the first time just being like so kind of overtaken by it and so just in it and this time I felt like I had more um, like witnessing of myself in it and yeah, I was able to articulate the experience in a different way to myself. And that felt really, really neat, like feeling the different energetics of each trimester and feeling this baby and what he was wanting for our family. Yeah, it was a really neat pregnancy in that way. Yeah, I love that. So take us to the end of that pregnancy. How were you feeling in those last few days? Because I know from your Instagram, he was a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah, he came at 38 weeks. Um, my first son, Koa, came at 40 weeks and two days. 
Mm-hmm. And so I assumed, I thought I would be going to 40 weeks again. <laughs> uh, I really did not think I was on the precipice of birth mm-hmm. in these in those final days. I really did not think that I was. Mm-hmm. I actually saw my neighbors the day before. I was on a walk with Koa. And I was talking to my neighbors. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to have your baby soon. And I was like, oh, no, no. Like, I have a couple more weeks, you know. We're still finishing up the uh, sunroom, which is where I gave birth is where I am now and yeah I was like so confident that I wasn't going to be (laughs) giving birth soon I had no like no sensations um yeah and so yeah I felt I felt good I had a lot of stuff I wanted to get done I you know this this pregnancy was so different because I'm already a mom you know I have a I had a four-year-old at the time an almost five-year-old and my days were so different than my first pregnancy. My days were spent with a four-year-old, you know, at the beach and cleaning our house and cooking and just like so much more in my body and just in the role of mother. And yeah, I was, had a lot of nesting I still wanted to do. We, my, um, partner remodeled this part of our house um, in that final month of my pregnancy. And we literally hung up the curtains the morning that he was born, like the morning before he was born, like that same day. And we didn't put, we were planning to put the tub in here. We had all these plans, you know, my, my mother blessing, my mother blessing was meant to be the next day. Um, and so I was cleaning my house for that. And I was like, so committed to my birth, not happening (laughs) when it was happening. So, yeah, so it was fine. It was good, but I definitely wasn't expecting it. Um, so, yeah, I felt good, though. So when those <laughs> surges started to come on, what were you thinking? Like, at what point were you like, oh, okay, maybe this is labor? I, like, literally never even had that thought. I The whole time I was like, this is not it. That's so This funny. is not it. Um, yeah, same thing. I woke up, started having contractions. Um. Yeah, my son and I did our little homeschool on the porch, and I just, yeah, I kept my partner like, are you, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I'm fine. Like, this is not it. Then <laughs> I was texting some friends. Like, I decided to, you know, get in the bath with my son at some point to try to relax and was messaging with some friends and like, oh, I'm having contractions, but this isn't, this isn't it. Like, this isn't, this isn't labor. My neighbor texted, another neighbor texted me. And they're like, oh, your baby should be here soon. And again, I was like, oh, no, no, not for a while. Um, <laughs> like all these things. I was very much, yeah, very much in uh, denial. Yeah. Yeah, in denial that it was <laughs> happening. I thought surely they would go away. Like I said, I guess I, yeah, I got up. We were doing some homeschool on the porch. Um, and this really it had this very, very interesting experience. Um, where, let me actually go back a week. We poured this white beach sand over on one of our creeks. And so my son and I play over there quite a bit and we were playing in the sand and I was singing some birth songs. There was a few songs that I was singing a lot at the end of this pregnancy. And, uh, I decided to sing his birth song to him. And so I was singing the song I, I mentioned earlier in his birth 
which I don't sing often. Um, yeah, I don't really sing it often at all. And as I'm singing it, my son's middle name is Hawk, by the way, and there was a big presence of hawks in his um, when I was pregnant with him. And so I'm singing the song. We're playing, and this huge hawk. The hawks are so big out here in North Carolina. Comes flying down toward us with his talons like coming at us right at us and goes over my son's head and like into my face almost you know like he was only like a foot away from me with his talons like this and he then he does this like you know quick maneuver and turns and flies up and like lands in this tree and it was so intense um yeah it was a very (laughs) intense experience I will say and I yeah, and I didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, I definitely feel a connection to Hawks, you know, through this son, through my older son. And I'm singing his song, and so I thought it was, like, you know, about him in a way. But then, fast forward a week to the morning I give birth. And we're out on the porch doing our homeschool things, and we hear, like, 20 ravens. So many ravens cawing 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 like cackling through the valley like it's so loud and we're like okay let's go see what's going on and I'm having contractions I'm in early labor denying it but I am and so I'm in that kind of in-between worlds and we walk over under this like canopy of trees to see what's going on and some of the raven or all the ravens leave the tree They fly up into the sky and leave the tree. And then this hawk, I'm assuming it's the same hawk, comes, swoops down. It's so big. It swoops down and it drops something about 10 feet right in front of us. And I'm looking at it and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And this is like, it's an intense imagery for the listeners. But it was one of the ravens that he had like mangled. And it was still alive and it was in front of us and we're just watching it like move and I I didn't know if it was a snake then the ravens were trying to get it from him or what it was and I realized it's one of these ravens and I was like whoa this is like it felt so gruesome being in this very like fragile not fragile state but this very you know open state open and vulnerable state it felt very intense and I know I told my son, okay, like, let's leave so that this, hopefully this hawk can finish this raven off because it is, like, not having a good time right now. Yeah. And um, so we leave, and I was just like, whoa, like, what was that about? <laughs> like, what is this message? Mm. This feels dark. This feels like, I don't know what. I didn't really name it as dark, but I was just like, whoa, this feels, like, savage and intense, mm. you know? And, um... I did look it up and hawks and ravens are often seen together and it's like unity and this and, and ravens often like torment hawks, but hawks just like usually rise above and it's very rare that they actually like attack one. So anyways, that was just, it felt very protective. The hawk felt like he was like making a, a stand, um, like protecting himself from being tormented mm. and it felt very like re- I, f- I felt a relation between this hawk and this new baby 
as this like kind of protector, um, fierce spirit. And anyways, <laughs> I did text a friend and I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> right. And later I texted her and was like, I guess it means this, a picture of the baby. Um, <laughs> so that had occurred. My son and I get in the bath. Like I said, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just like relax and try to get these contractions to settle down. And he was driving trucks all over me in the bath and I was just laughing. I was definitely having like these waves of oxytocin and I was just like cracking up. Of like, if this is my labor, this is hilarious. This is so completely different from my labor with my son where I was meditating all by myself and like in this bliss state. Now I'm like have cars being driven all over me in the bathtub. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is different. Um, and so my husband was like, okay, I'm going to go to work. Like, are you sure I should go to work? And I was like, yeah, definitely go to work. Like, this isn't the real thing. Just, yeah, it's fine. Go to work. And so he goes to work and tells my son something about staying close and staying near me today and whatever. And because my son comes and like repeats it back to me in his version, which was quite funny. I don't really remember what it was, but it was something like, if you have the baby in the bathtub, I'm not supposed to go outside or something oh. like that. <laughs> and so, yeah, we got up. Um, I went and at this point, yeah, I was having significant contractions my son was climbing trees outside I went and got him out of the trees and told him like I really do need you to stay inside like I could be having this baby today I don't really know um but you you need to stay inside and I got him a snack and I told him that I was going to try to take a nap and I laid down in my bed he was off playing in his room and had a um, scheduled call actually for hosting this birth sharing circle for this course I had offered in my pregnancy called Bloom for Pregnant Women. And um, I texted all the women and said, I'm having some, some sensations. I think I'm just going to take it easy today and rest. Like I'm not going to come on our call, which I I'm so glad I did because I l almost hosted this call. Wow. <laughs> I was going to be in full-on labor while I was doing it. <laughs> and so I'm glad I made that call. And I laid down to rest. And um, I just had the thought. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to time these contractions to see if there's, like, a rhythm to them. Uh, and I don't really know anything about, like, what timing means, you know? Like, when... Yeah, what's considered active labor, I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm timing them, and they were like 55-second long contractions, wow. one minute apart, and I'm still like, I'm still like, this isn't it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to start singing um, this song that I had been singing in my pregnancy, um, and I'll sing it now because it's just so sweet and it's very short and it just goes, I don't have to know the way, the way knows the way. And it goes like that over and over. Beautiful. And I was singing this <laughs> to just like kind of get my head in the game yeah. of like, okay, maybe this really is it, Hannah. Like <laughs> maybe just, just relax into it, you know, um, and then I was like, okay, I wanted to film this birth and I still needed to get my camera. My camera was not charged. I 
had to find the tripod. Like I wasn't, you know, ready. So it's like, okay, get your head in the game. You got to like <laughs> between these next contractions, you got to find your camera. Um, and so I did that. And I also started to clean my room because I was like, okay, if this baby is coming, I want my room clean. <laughs> <laughs> By the time that they're here and the sunroom that we had, like I said, just put up the curtains, which I didn't share that in this timeline, but yeah, we put up the curtains, um, before we did homeschool on the porch and, um, yeah, we still had some things in here that I wanted to move out of this room. And so I'm moving stuff out of the room and pulling all this stuff into the hallway in between these contractions. I'm having big vocalizations and my son, I can hear him in his room copying me like he's making these sounds with me, which was so sweet. And yeah, just so precious and sweet. And, uh, um, yeah, I got my camera, I found a part of my tripod, and then I lost a part of my tripod. And that's when I, that's when I finally, that was my moment. You asked when my moment was. This was my moment. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I'm in labor. <laughs> I just had something. Now I can't find it. And I feel like I'm in another world. Like, mm. I can't keep track of my thoughts. Um, yeah. Yes. So I did then find it, um, thankfully. And I got my tripod set up with my camera um, <laughs> over in the corner. And I um, put some Chucks pads down on the floor. I still hadn't texted my partner um, to come home. I also had plans this afternoon to go film a pregnancy movement course with my friend Adelaide. And I was so committed to going to that. Um, it was, we were supposed to get together at two, at two o'clock I was supposed to be there. And uh, I think I finally texted her. Let's see, yeah, I was in here now on all fours, on another stool, like a footrest with my chucks pads down. And I finally texted her and said, I'm moaning through contractions. I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> And that was at like that was at like one thirty that I texted her that. And then I text Tyler and I say, maybe you should come home at like one forty five. I texted him that. And yeah, I think no, maybe it was one thirty. I texted him, maybe you should come home. And so he calls me on FaceTime, which I was so bothered by <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> and I didn't turn on my I turned my video off and he was on the phone and um he was like should I come home because I told him maybe you should come home right but I was like yes you should come home you know and he asked he couldn't really hear me it's really loud at his work and so he had to ask me like two or three times and I was getting so frustrated <laughs> because I was like this was like my rest moment in between my contractions mm. And anyways, I was like, yes, come home. And um, Koa, my son, was there on the, you know, right there next to me and was like, hi, dad, you know, see you soon and whatever. And that was the other sweet thing. My son kept coming in and 
being like, I didn't know the baby was going to come today. This is so exciting. How wonderful. How exciting. Like, all, it was just so sweet. He had the sweetest, sweetest energy. The other thing he kept telling me is, you sound like an animal. Because I told him, (laughs) I told him when we were preparing for him to be present at the birth that I might sound like an animal. You know, they might be making really loud noises like an animal. Um, and it might sound like I'm in pain, but I want you to know that I'm okay, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, that was that. And so I'm, yeah, now laboring again, mostly alone with my son coming in intermittently and my coping mechanism or whatever, something that helped me this time or worked with me this time was again, humor in some regard. I was like making my face as like crazy as I could make my face, like as big as I could open my mouth, as wide as I could open my eyes, um, like going through the contractions in this way and kind of giggling on the inside at what my face must look like yeah. as I'm doing this. And just, I, you know, this birth was just so un- so different from my first in the way that I was just so much more in my body in my mind Uh, it was also much like quicker and yeah you know I was cleaning my house I was like wiping my son's butt I was getting him a snack I was like doing you know this life stuff and also having a baby Um, I never even managed to take off my dress in this birth and I was just so attuned to the baby in my belly too and just could feel him working his you know doing his part in the birth and feel him moving and just like talking to him and um yeah and I had this moment that I didn't have in my first birth my first birth I never had the moment of like I can't do this um and his birth was actually quite pleasant and and pleasurable in in sensation this birth felt more intense more in my body and I had the moment of like whoa if this keeps going like this I am going to need to call in some support like I am going to need some women looking me in the eyes telling me I could do this you know Mm. um and I yeah that was like yeah that was a nice moment um of the birth and then my partner gets home he got home in like 15 minutes And my son was outside on the front porch, apparently just jumping up and down in excitement and so excited. My partner thought that the baby was already born because of how excited he was. And uh, he came in, checked on me, and there was like a couple of things that I wanted. I was so hot by this point and I wanted the fan turned up on high. So he turned the fan up on high. I wanted a pillow so that I could lean against um, my dresser. And I wanted some water with salt. And um, this part is this part I also made me laugh and still does. They brought me the water. But like I feel like every woman knows, or at least every woman interested in birth knows that you bring the laboring woman water with a bendy straw Mm -hmm. that's just like I feel like a universal knowing (laughs) of of women in birth and he just brings me a glass of water 
with no straw. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and I just, like, in my mind, I was like, uh. <laughs> And I was like, I need a straw, you know. And it made me laugh at the same time. It was like this, like, you know, it was great. It was perfect. Yeah. And so they brought me back a straw with the water <laughs> and the salt. And so I had my water. I was all good. And I, um, then he couldn't figure out how to get the video on my digital, my DSLR camera. Cause it kind of has like a little weird secret button for the video. So I got up and I turned on the video, the camera and I, um, went back over and now I was standing and leaning over the dresser with the pillow, like resting my head into the pillow and laboring in a really similar way that I did with my first son and jumping up and down and shaking my butt and like really, you know, again, like releasing all the tension that was being held in those contractions as much as I could. And I was working through my feet a lot. Like as I watched the video, I was like, moving through my feet a lot and our feet are so connected to our pelvis and so that was really neat to watch and observe I also labored with my son with both of my sons a lot on one leg um like I would balance on one leg and like kind of shake the other one Mm -hmm. and like bring more spaciousness into my pelvis so that was yeah really cool to observe as well and I was more present to all of this as I was having this baby I think just being already kind of knowing what to expect also knowing so much more about the body and birth thanks to my friend Adelaide who I mentioned um, Adelaide Meadow and I was so I was like kind of observing this and witnessing this as I was going through this birth and then um, on the video of course later as well and I uh had the the urge through a lot of this labor to push, but I didn't. I could like feel my I could feel the the want to, but I did not push. Wow. I just for whatever reason I just had this this my intuition whatever it was I didn't push until until that was the only way <laughs> forward. Yeah. Um, and I gave one big push as I stood and then felt his head. And I got down onto all fours. And actually, maybe I didn't feel his head yet. Yeah, I think I could. I think I could feel the very, very, very top of his head and the top of my cervix. Like he hadn't come through the birth canal yet. Um, and I got down onto all fours at some point, reached in again and, and definitely felt a head. And I, and I called out to Tyler and Tyler or Tyler and Koa because they weren't in the room with me at this point. They came um, in and out and really just witnessed me. They didn't say anything. They would come in and look, watch a little bit and then leave, uh, which is perfect for me. That's how I like to labor. Yeah. And um, I called to them and said, the baby's coming. And they came in and they sat um, like, I don't know, let's see how far away from me, five feet away from me or something. Yeah. four or five feet away from me and uh I was just like again roaring through these these final um huge you know pushes from my body of bringing this baby through I wasn't actively pushing in any way I don't know it was like maybe three pushes 
And then his, his entire body came out head to toes in one go, just onto the ground. I, (laughs) underneath my dress, like they didn't even get to see him come out because it was (laughs) under my dress. And I and I sat back and it, I just lift up my dress and there's like a baby there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the video is like so funny. It looks like a magic trick. It's just like <laughs> oh, there's a baby. Um, and I picked him up and he was very wrapped up in the cord. He was like it was like wrapped like around his torso, um, like sh- shoulder to groin kind of. Oh okay. These big wraps. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. Yeah. Mm. And I undid the cord and brought him up to me quickly. It was also like tight, tight around his, his neck. And, um, I just said over and over again, you did so good. You did so good to him. He cried very quickly and I saw that he was a boy immediately. And my son is just going, he's so cute, mom. He's so cute. And at first I said, it's a boy. And he was like, what? He really thought he was going to have a sister. He really, really thought it was a girl. And he was like, what? I didn't know we were going to have a boy. (laughs) And just these such sweet, sweet um, little comments. And it was just, uh, yeah, yeah, so amazing. Like I said, they just sat four feet away. didn't say a word as this baby came through. And I just was like in my little bubble just me and this baby taking him in taking everything in about him and assessing him and very very much knowing that he was so okay he was so healthy he was so perfect and there was not a worry in my heart um of him as soon as I had him in my hands it was just like yeah, everything in me just knew that he was like so, so, so good <laughs> and so healthy. And I just kept telling him, like I said, you're, you're, you did so good. Like I was just telling him what a good job that he did in that birth, yeah. um, which I know the proper grammar is you did so well. But however, it came out. <laughs> <laughs> and I held him up to my chest. I still had my dress on just as I like took him in. He was covered in vernix. His 38 weeks, you know, he was like covered in vernix and that definitely helped with him just like slipping out of me. And, um, I set him down, took my dress off and then brought him up to my chest again. And he breastfed very, very quickly. He was born at 2:22 in the afternoon. Oh, wow. And yeah, then I just, I sat back and I asked my son to go get a bowl for the placenta and so he went and got a bowl or they went and got a bowl. I don't remember. And this time, oh, it was just so easy. I wrapped the cord around my fingers a couple times. And this was like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes after giving birth. He had already latched and nursed. I yeah, wrapped my fingers around. I gave one tug and it, the placenta just came out so easily. Like, Amazing. not any pain, nothing. It was just perfect. Um, put it in the bowl and <laughs> just, yeah, sat there with this baby. We were all just kind of in <laughs> shock. Like, oh, my gosh, this baby is here now. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, I just I just accepted that he was maybe coming, <laughs> like, 
30 minutes, 30 minutes before he was born. <laughs> and there he was now in my arms. And we, yeah, it was just like another <laughs> day in our life. But I was somewhat shocked this time in a different way. It was just like catching. I just had to like catch up to my life mm. um, because I, I wasn't ever, in, I didn't feel like I was ever at the point where I was like, okay, whew, everything's done. Baby can come now. Mm. I didn't have that with this baby. I had that with my first baby where I felt like ready and waiting for it. This time I was like, no, not yet. No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were, I was just kind of catching up to my reality. Um, and yeah, I looked up to them and I said, can you get me a cookie and milk? <laughs> <laughs> That is my favorite snack. If you know me or follow me on Instagram, I'm often having cookies and raw milk. And so they brought me that. I got up. I got in bed. I had my cookie and milk. Um, Yeah, my friends who I had texted that that morning that I told them I wasn't in labor, I sent them pictures of the baby. (laughs) Like, (laughs) never mind. Never mind. And Adelaide called me and was like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, the last text I got from you is that you were moaning through contractions. And I was like, the baby's here, Adelaide. And she was like, what? (laughs) And so we didn't get to film our course, which I was, we were both so bummed by. Um, But she's still going to do it at some point. And she went and bought us a bunch of groceries and um, came over late that night and and uh, did all the placenta care for us, like washed the placenta and, um, you know, just inspected it and checked it out. It looked great. And she taught Koa all about it. And he was so interested. And we were just all in my bed together. And then we burned the cord that night. I wanted it to just be, yeah, I wanted it to be complete. I didn't want the cold floppy cord around <laughs> this time. And so that took a while with a very fresh cord. We decided to burn it as well, which I may or may not do that again because it was like kind of a long process yeah. um, with a tiny baby. And but it was still very sweet. And we were like I said, we were just all in bed together with um, Tyler and Koa and Adelaide. And it was very sweet. And um, yeah, we FaceTimed our families and everyone was so surprised like (laughs) when I called my my friend Emma um I FaceTimed her and I just like panned down to the baby and she was like whose baby is that (laughs) and she was so serious and I was like it's my baby (laughs) and so yeah it was just it was just wild and I texted all the women Um, that there was no longer a mother blessing that my mother blessing had already come and it was this child and um, a few women came over the next day and cleaned my house for me amazing and yeah brought me the food that they had made for the mother blessing so that was great and yeah that was that how much did he weigh he weighed how much did he weigh eight pounds Okay, so that's pretty so, decent. Yeah. How much did Koa weigh? He was um, like six oh. pounds, ten ounces. Okay, so quite different. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm glad that you came yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't <pounds. laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, I, honestly, weight doesn't scare me too much about babies. They yeah. come out one way or another and they're so, they're like clay, you know, they just, totally. they make their way out. So, but I mean, that just goes to show that all babies gestate differently. And uh-huh. Every pregnancy and birth is unique. Totally. You expect the same thing every time. Totally. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with your next pregnancy and birth because you said that you wanted to have more children, right? Yes. Yeah. I want to have, yeah, I want to have more children. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back at your entire journey, what would be some key pieces of advice that you would share with any expectant mothers listening? Um, there's so much, I think, to really consider uh, how you would feel safest and who you feel safest with at your birth, whatever that may, may be mm-hmm. for each woman. Um, yeah, who do you feel safest with having your baby yeah. and, and following that? And, um, singing, I will say, I suggest singing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, I realized, I realized telling the story, like what, what a component that is for me. What a big part of, of my birth stories song is. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, our, our vocal cords and our throat are so connected to our, our cervix mm. and, and I think singing to me, it just, it regulates my whole body. It can bring me into trust, especially these amazing, amazing songs written by women and shared through women mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, like that, that song I sang, I imagine, is sung by women everywhere, mm-hmm. which is just so powerful in itself. So powerful. And yeah, yeah I think this will make sense, but like, Becoming as human as possible in your um, pregnancies, which I know we're all human, obviously, but like as primal as possible, Mm. like feet on the earth, you know, um, sunlight, Mm. watching nature, being in nature, remembering like the sacredness of this life like the gift of being alive the gift of being human and how absolutely incredible it is that we get to bring another human life into the world yeah and just how i don't know another word other than like incredible how incredible amazing it is that we come from this line of humans that have been born and born and born and born and just being in that space as much as as possible yeah beautiful advice well hannah it has been such a joy to have you on the show today thank you so much for coming on and sharing your inspiring stories with us yeah thank you so much for having me i'm yeah very honored to be here and share these stories for women to hear That is a wrap for this season of Positive Birth Australia and we closed it out with a bang featuring the incredible and inspirational story of Hannah all the way from the US. I hope you all enjoyed listening to her journey as much as I did. 
As we bring this season to a close, I want to say a huge thank you to each and every one of you for being part of this journey. I hope that the stories shared this year have left you feeling inspired and served as a guide to reconnect you to the innate power within you as you step into the transformative realm of birth. Stay tuned for our upcoming mindset ebooks, which are set to be released before the end of this year. Make sure you are on our PBA email list to be the first to know when they drop. And here's a little extra excitement. Every purchase comes with a free 20 minute affirmation track, making it the perfect companion for cultivating a healthy mindset during pregnancy and the lead up to birth. Thank you once again for tuning in week after week. Your support has been invaluable and your feedback fuels the heart of this little podcast, which inspires women all around the globe. While we prepare to bring you an even more diverse and captivating collection of stories for next season, you can find all the inspiration you need over on the PBA Instagram. I'm your host, Sky Waters. Until next year, be safe, stay curious, and continue to embrace the beauty of birth.